This is VLX number 56, Jesus Heals Two Blind Men. We are in Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31. God give you his peace. In nomine Patris et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. God, our Lord, we ask the grace that all of our intentions, actions, and operations be directed purely to the service and praise of your divine majesty. In nomine Patris et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame through all that district. Those are the words of the Holy Gospel. So let's put all of this in context. We are obviously in Matthew chapter 9. We are in Jesus' public ministry full of miracles right now. Before today's section was a girl restored to life and a woman healed. That was VLX 55. And after this, what we're going to see in chapter 10, we're going to see that Jesus calls his 12 apostles. Now you might think they've been following him and seeing all these miracles up to this point, And you'd be correct. But he's going to give all the power of the miracles that we're hearing of and seeing at this point to them. Chapter 10 starts with, quote, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction, end quote. But here in chapter 9, they are with him seeing all of these miracles. And today we have two blind men not just asking Jesus, but begging him as they cry and yell for healing. As you just heard, As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. So you might wonder, why did Jesus make them beg? Father Lapide says, Christ did not answer the blind men as they cried unto him in the way and asked their sight. He put them off until he came into the house, one that he might test them and kindle their faith and desire of healing, and two that he might teach the necessity of persevering in prayer. Now, what we're going to hear in today's section is the word Kyrie and eleison. Those are separate. You might recognize those as words in Greek that's still kept in the Mass before the Gloria. Kyrie and eleison are in different verses, but you are going to hear them today. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But let me first explain quickly how to better understand a few terms I'll use to explain translation from the Greek. Wikipedia uses a good example to show the differences between translation, transliteration, and transcription using the example Eleniki Demokratia. They write that in Greek right there. Now, Eleniki Demokratia is translated as Hellenic Republic or Greek Republic. The transliteration, which is letter for letter, is Eleniki Demokratia. And the transcription, which is sound to sound, is Eleniki Demokratia. And by the way, technically the United States is not a democracy but a republic. So it's interesting that Demokratia in Greek also means republic, not democracy. Maybe that's just a coincidence. But anyway, back to the Bible. Matthew chapter 9 today has these two blind men. What do the blind men yell to Jesus? They are begging for mercy, and the word in Greek there is eleison. Notice the transliteration and the transcription are the same. Eleison. It means mercy. They're asking for mercy. Then Jesus enters a home, and the blind men follow him. How do they follow him? 
Is it a sense of his grace they follow, or are people holding their elbows as people guide their blind friends, as people guide blind people? We don't really know. But it's interesting that Jesus expects even the blind to follow him. And they do. And then our Lord says, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Now we translate this as, I am able, but it could also be translated as, do you believe I have the power to do this? The Greek in that verse right there is dunamai. Dunamai is the first person, I have the power. It is the root word, or at least has the same root word, as the English word dynamite. Their answer then is nai kurie. Now, nai is yes in Greek. I know that's kind of weird because it sounds like no in English, but again, nai is yes. Then there's that word kyrie, which means Lord in Greek. So today already we have those two words, kyrie eleison, but in separate verses and inverted there. Now Jesus then works that miracle, which we're going to return to in a minute. And then our Lord sternly warns them, quote, see that no one knows about it, end quote. The Greek there is enebrimethe. Enebrimethe means to scold, censure, or sternly warn. So he sternly warned them to tell nobody? Why? Doesn't Jesus want evangelization? Father Lapide writes on page 453, Christ did not give it as an absolute precept, but only for the sake of modesty and honesty. Now maybe I misunderstand Father Lapide here, and this is really one of the few times I'm going to have to disagree with him, because he seems to be saying that Jesus told him not to speak about the miracle just to sound modest, but he didn't really mean it. And I don't think that would actually be the case. Now, St. John Chrysostom makes a little more sense, but it's still a bit confusing to me. He writes to explain this sentence, Declare the glory of God. Surely Christ teaches that they are to be rebuked who wish to praise us for our own sake, but not if they do so for the glory of God. Dr. Tim Gray's explanation I like a little bit more. Dr. Tim Gray explains it as this, that Jesus had to not be killed early on in his ministry. Why? so as to establish a church. As I just spoke of in Matthew 10, we're going to see all of the power of the miracles given to the 12 apostles. I mean, if you think about it, if the only purpose, and granted, this is the greatest purpose of Jesus on earth, the passion, death, and resurrection that redeemed us, but if that were the only purpose, then certainly he didn't have to wait for three years into his ministry. He could have been killed in the second year of his ministry, and his infinite precious blood would have covered us, or the first year of his ministry, and the infinite merits of his precious blood would have covered us, those who accept our Lord and his salvific mission. Or if you think about it, he could have been killed in Egypt by one of the pagans. And as a 12-year-old boy, him being the God-man, the God-boy, I guess, still could have atoned for the sins of the whole world if he had died as a 12-year-old. Or we can even walk it back all the way to when he was a baby. He could have willed himself, Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, could have willed himself to die with all of the holy innocence as a little infant, would that blood have been enough to redeem the whole world? Of course. So if Jesus could have died with the, all of the other holy innocents who were killed by Herod's soldiers, if that blood in that little body would have been enough to redeem the whole world, and I agree it would have been, then why did he wait? This is where we have this answer to establish a church. So Jesus had to escape his enemies for a while so as to hand over the fullness of the kingdom, which is the Catholic Church. And maybe that is one reason why he sternly warned them not to say anything. Now, that doesn't mean it was a sin that these blind men went out and proclaimed all the great things that Jesus had done. 
but he probably did want them to hold off because, again, he had a kingdom to establish in the Catholic Church. But anyway, they went away and spread his fame through all that district, as it says. The word fame is in there in the ESV and the RSV and even the Dewey Rhymes. They all keep that word fame in there because it's in both the Greek and the Latin literally. Diaphamisan in the Greek there, diaphamisan means celebrated his fame everywhere, according to Father Lapide. The Vulgate, which is what St. Jerome translated from the Greek into the Latin, is diffamaverunt. Diffamaverunt also means, according to Father Lapide, celebrated his fame everywhere. Notice how close the Latin is to the Greek. Dimafaverunt and diaphamisan. Now, if you look at what I underlined, if you're watching the video version, you'll see that nearly the English word fame is in there. Fame is in the Greek. Fame is in the Latin. So Christ's fame is going before him. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit to the imaginative way of prayer, but I'd encourage the steady way of prayer people to continue. The ESV says, Then Jesus touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. Now, Greek and Latin use gerunds, or present participles, much more than the English. But notice the ESV got it right. It didn't just say he said, but use the word saying. Why is this important? Look right there. The Greek has the word saying, legon, in verse 29, meaning that all three of these things happened at once. What are these three things? One, Jesus touching their eyes. Notice I'm using the gerund, touching. Jesus touching their eyes. Two, Jesus speaking about power to their faith. And three, their eyes being opened. The gerund brings all of these things into one simultaneous event almost. So the words eyes were opened is an accurate translation. And it's not medically inaccurate because St. Matthew's saying something physical had to change, not just the functioning of sight. You know, if you've ever seen a blind person, you know that their eyes frequently atrophy. Their eyes atrophy into nearly useless organs. So it's of course not like St. Matthew really believed their eyes were just closed before they met Jesus. As gross as it might be to some of you, it seems to me Christ immediately grew their eyes back, hence the term open their eyes. So Jesus says, do you believe I have the power, dunamai, again where we get the word dynamite, do you believe I have the power to do this? And again, these three things happen simultaneously with the gerunds in the Greek, Jesus touching their eyes, Christ speaking about power to faith, and three, their eyes being opened all at once. There's an interesting word connection between number two and three there, showing this is happening simultaneously also. The word there is genetheto. Genetheto means be it done. As we heard there, according to your faith, be it done to you. The words be done here in verse seem quite inconsequential, but be done is one Greek word, just one Greek word, genetheto, which has the same root word as the book Genesis in English, or another word in English, generation, or genetics. And what happens at the beginning of Genesis? Well, one word from God, and there is light. One word from God, and there's this galaxy. One word from God, and there's that galaxy. And Jesus says, genetheto, to you, plural, meaning to the two blind men, let this happen according to your faith, immediately. So it's just that one word, genetheto, similar to Genesis, May it be done. Their own personal worlds go from darkness to light. Please say an Our Father for me. Et benedictio Deum et potentis patis et spiritus sancti descendet super vos et maniat semper. Amen.